0: You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. The Bible says, And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Everyone say cleansed. Amen. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back, and with a loud voice. Amen. We do well sometimes to come into the presence of the Lord with a loud voice in thanksgiving. Hallelujah. He came back with a loud voice. Amen. And he glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Everyone say thanks. Amen. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? Where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Hallelujah. Tonight with your prayers and with the help of the Lord. Amen. His anointing, Brother Kendall. Hallelujah. What an awesome message this morning. Amen. I want to preach to you on this third subject. Amen. The Pentecostal poison can't break pastor's jars. this poison of ungratefulness, ungratefulness. Amen. Why don't you lay your Bibles down? Amen. Let's lift up our voices to the Lord together and just ask him to have his way in this house. God, we love you. We thank you, God, for your spirit that's already in this place, already working in our midst, oh God. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost, oh God, that's already in this place all over the worship, God, and all over our hearts and our minds. God, I pray that you would help us to yield our vessels to you. Help us not to be distracted by anything else, oh God, but help us to hear what your word has to say to us tonight and forever change us, Lord God. We give you the praise. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated tonight. God bless you for your worship. Amen. For some Pentecostal, we're talking about Pentecostal poisons. And for some, Pentecostal may be a newer word or a word that's not very familiar unless you grew up in it or around it. But its origin goes back to an ancient Jewish feast that celebrated the first fruits of the harvest. They celebrated God's provision and his blessing with a feast that occurred on the 50th day. After the Passover, and for Christians today, for us here in this house, it's the birth of the church that it marks. It's the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that it marks, Amen. And we celebrate the new birth, salvation. It was in Acts chapter two that we re- reread. We read that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, Amen. They were all in one accord, in one mind, when it was first poured out, Amen. Jesus had instructed them to go to Jerusalem and wait and tarry until, Amen. The Holy Ghost would be poured out, and so in obedience. That 120 that were gathered in the upper room, they were there, amen, in one accord when suddenly the Bible says the Spirit filled them. Amen. Do you remember the day that you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the first time? Amen. Do you re- remember that moment, hallelujah, and the change that took place in your life? Amen. I'll never forget coming home from church camp different, feeling different, feeling that, that uh, peace of God that the Holy Ghost brings. Amen. But you can search the world over. Amen. Amen and find nothing like the power of Pentecost in your life. Do you believe that tonight? Pentecost, it's life-changing. It's an eternity-altering experience, and it's our way of life. And what wonderful services, as I was thinking about this that we've been having lately, uh, with so many being baptized with the Holy Ghost. Hungry hearts are being filled. God will fill the hungry. If you're hungry, amen, he will fill you. And if you're thirsty, he will give you drink. Amen. But I'm so thankful that his promises for whosoever will. Amen. I'm thankful that this Pentecostal blessing is available for you and for me. I'll always remember my grandfather singing, uh, It's real, it's real. I know it's real. This Pentecostal blessing, and I know, I know it's real. Amen. He sang it with decades of experience, pastoring and serving the Lord in different states and, and different places and going through different things. Amen. But he would sing that. and I remember the twinkle in his eyes. He would, with confidence, sing that song. Amen. And I remember after receiving the Holy Ghost coming back to church and singing that with him. It's real. It's real. I know that it's real. Amen. This Pentecostal blessing, as Pastor says many times, you've come too late to tell me, Amen, that it's not real. Amen. Because I've experienced for it myself. I've tasted and I've seen that he is good. Amen. Hallelujah. As pastors mentioned before, we've been filled when we've just because we've been filled with the Spirit, Amen, doesn't mean we're gonna have you know, life avoid of, of opportunities to be offended as he dealt with in the first week. And I'm sure everyone at one time or another has either been offended or maybe offended someone. And if we're honest with ourselves, there's been times where we've missed the mark of God in our life. Amen. And allowed unrighteousness, that second poison that he talked about in our hearts. For the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But I'm thankful that through Christ, amen, and through his spirit, we can overcome these poisons, amen, and these things that would threaten our Pentecostal experience. So we have this experience tonight. We have this Pentecostal way, this lifestyle, this experience that we have from God by his grace, and we've got to guard it. Amen. We have to protect it at all costs, and we have to uh, make sure that we take measures to not allow these poisons of the world into our hearts and harm the work that God's done in our lives. Amen. So tonight, this third poison that we're going to talk about and deal with just briefly in the next few moments is ungratefulness, ungratefulness. And I don't know if it's happenstance or by design that I'm preaching about ungratefulness right before Thanksgiving, but here we are, amen. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, Paul wrote to Timothy and said, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Everyone say unthankful. Uh, Unholy. And the next several verses goes on to list other sins and things that are going on. But verse 5 goes on to say, Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Being unthankful is listed in Scripture uh, with many other sins because being unthankful or being ungrateful is a sin. And sometimes we think of it as just a negative thing, or man, just pessimistic. But but it's actually sin, and it definitely misses the mark of God in your uh, God's will in your life. And how do I know that? It's because the Word declares in First Thessalonians five and eighteen, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Amen. For us, that means that in every situation we find ourselves in, we can find something to be thankful for. Amen. And it's God's will for us to be thankful, to be grateful. Psalm 105 said that we read this morning, uh, to open uh, the, the service this morning, it says, For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Amen. If God never provided another blessing, if he never provided another miracle, amen, if he never provided another need, this verse alone is enough to be thankful for all of eternity, for the Lord is good. Amen. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is how in everything, in every situation that I come to, I can give thanks. Hallelujah. As hard as it may be sometime, I can give thanks. Hallelujah. Being grateful is also how he desires us to enter into his presence. Amen. The prior verse in Psalm 104 declares, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Amen. too often I fear that we enter into his presence only with petition And then just give a little thanks at the end of our laundry list of prayer needs. But don't let it be so. Don't let it be said of you. Amen. If you don't regularly enter your daily prayers with a season of Thanksgiving, I challenge you to just start doing that every day. Amen. And make that a priority when you approach God. Amen. You might start by thanking God for a couple of things. Have you ever been there in your life? You say, Lord, I thank you for my house. God, I thank you for my car. And it's not long. And maybe 30 minutes or maybe an hour later, you're still thanking God for the blessings in your life. Amen. It will revolutionize your life and your prayer life if you will just begin to be grateful and be thankful. And approach him with thanksgiving. Amen. I wonder if we can just thank the Lord right now all over this house. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your blessing. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your provision. And thank you, Lord, for your word. Hallelujah. So in the Gospel of Luke, we read in our text that Jesus was traveling to Jerusalem. And he was in the frontier country between Samaria and Galilee when he came to a certain village. And when Christ entered the village, a group of men who were standing afar off, they cried out to him, Amen. To to Christ, to the healer, to the great physician. They were looking for mercy. Amen. They were looking for a touch from the master, the one that they had heard about. And they heard he was a healer. They heard he was a miracle worker, as we sang about tonight. And they were truly in need of such a miracle. Amen. Hallelujah. In the ancient world, leprosy was a very disabling, disfiguring, terrible disease that caused them to be cut off. Amen, from their spouses, their children, and they were relegated to communing communing only with other lepers. And so there's no doubt in my mind that when they saw Jesus, they longed for one thing, and that was to be healed. So the Bible says, and they lift up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And they cried out with a loud voice to get his attention. They wanted to be healed so they could be restored to their families and their friends and be able to resume the lives that they'd once led. And verse 14 goes on to say, and when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves to the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Christ in his mercy and his grace and his compassion, he told them to go show themselves to the priests and he healed them. There's something powerful to me about this verse tonight. Christ told them to go to the priests so they could be inspected and declared clean. Amen. As uh, we read about in the ceremonial law in Leviticus chapter 14, but we know that the scripture says that they were healed as they went. Before the lepers were healed, they had to exercise their faith by obeying Christ, amen, and going to the priest in faith that they would be healed. Amen. Then we read that as they went, they were cleansed. So as I was reading this, it just reminded me, amen, that I don't have to have the answer before I exercise my faith. Amen. And believe and obey Christ in my life. Amen. even though I don't see it, Brother felt. He's working, even though I don't even though I may not see all the evidence of it, he's working on my behalf. I believe that. I was also reminded in this principle of Paul and Silas when they were in prison. They had been viciously beaten and jailed for preaching the gospel and spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. Yet the scripture says in Acts 16 and 25, and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them and it might have seemed crazy to those other prisoners why were they praising God? it's midnight. They've been beaten. They've been bloodied. Amen. And yet they're sitting here praising and they're thanking God. See, Paul and Silas had, had, at times past, had Jesus deliver them from situations, and they knew that he could do it again. I wonder how many in the house right now have ever been delivered. Has anybody ever had any chains broken in your life? Amen. And if he's ever done it, it, it for you in the past, he'll do it for you again. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we do well to take a lesson from this. We sit in the prison of our circumstances at times, waiting for things to get better before we thank God. But we need to take this cue from Paul and Silas and thank God now. Amen. There's a song that we sing, Brother Davis, I can't remember it, but it's something to the effect of, you know, we're going to worship him one day. Why not now? Why not worship him now? Why not? And why not in the same vein? Why not thank him now and be thankful unto him? Amen. Be grateful now. There's a lie of the devil that you cannot be grateful unless everything is going well, but don't buy into that lie. Regardless of my situation in life, God is still worthy, amen, of glory and honor, and he's still worthy of my praise. Hallelujah. As we continue to look at the account of the lepers, we find that only one of ten, imagine that, 10%, (laughs) one of ten lepers came back to offer thanks. Verses 15 and 16 says, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Ten lepers, ten outcasts, ten individuals who had been separated from everything they loved and knew in life were miraculously restored to health that day, but only one returned and was grateful. Nine of those ten were healed, but in their hearts they were the same. They weren't changed. They were healed, but they weren't changed. Amen. Only one amen, took the opportunity to come back and be grateful. Ten were healed, but I believe only one was truly made whole. For he came back to Christ, not only to offer thanksgiving, amen, but he came back with a revelation of who God was. Amen, this was Messiah. This was God manifest in flesh, amen. This was the author of his cure, amen. He wasn't just coming back to say thank you, although that was part of it, but he was coming back to worship Christ as Lord and Savior. Sometimes we are quick to receive healings blessings, but maybe a little slow to praise and thank God for the needs that he provides in our life. There are many in this world who receive the mercy of God. Perhaps, you know, every day his mercies are new. And there's many that receive the mercy of God, but perhaps few that truly return to thank him for it. And that convicted me when I began to think about this. There's there's few perhaps few that may return to truly thank him with a heart of thanksgiving. I don't want that to be said of me tonight, amen. But I want to live my life, amen, filled with gratefulness and thanksgiving before God and before man as a testimony of God's goodness in my life, amen. Ungratefulness is sin, and it's a poison that can produce many awful things in our lives. And so, yes, ungratefulness, just like any other sin, can take you farther than you ever wanted to go and cost you more than you ever wanted to pay, Amen. And I'm not presenting an exhaustive list here tonight, but just four things in the remaining moments for us to consider. Amen. <clears throat> the first of which is this, and these are this the poison what the poison of ungratefulness can do in your life. The first one is disconnection from God. When we're ungrateful, amen, it leads to a disconnection from God. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 59 and 2, "But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid His face from you that He will not hear." Sin. It always divides. It always destroys. And when it is finished, the Bible says it brings forth death. The sin of ungratefulness certainly separates and disconnects you from God. Amen. Because you cannot be having this attitude of thanksgiving and this attitude of gratefulness and still um, be um, you know, disconnected from him. So I, I believe it's a torturous experience for people that, that, that believe in God Amen. They they go to church, they go through the motions, amen, but they don't have this gratefulness in their life. And they don't they don't ever pray or connect with God because of this ungratefulness. If you've ever felt low or you've ever felt down and depressed, perhaps you're there right now. And 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 really all that you need is a revival of gratefulness in your life, amen, to change that around. Hallelujah. I just encourage you to begin to thank God every day for something until it becomes a habit or a lifestyle. But when we spend time in prayer, communing with the Lord every day, there's this spiritual connection that takes place with our Creator, with our Redeemer, amen, that will melt away all the grumblings, all the complaining that we harbor at time. We're pretty good at that sometimes, aren't we? Having this, these complaints and these, these things, amen. But when we begin to enter in, into His presence, amen, and begin to commune with Him, those things just kind of have a way of melting away, and that peace of God, amen, begins to come in. James 4 and 8 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. As long as we have a divided mind, amen, we're not going to be stable and we're not going to be able to be connected to God in the way that he wants us to be. We must draw nigh to him, but we can't, amen, draw close to him with open sin of ungratefulness in our lives. It's got to be discarded, amen, and replaced with a healthy, thriving lifestyle of thanksgiving, amen. The second thing that, uh, ungratefulness can, can bring to our lives is entitlement, entitlement. Another effect of it uh, is that when we're ungrateful, things that are gifts from God, the blessings of God that are in our lives every day, we can start to take those for granted. We can start to see those as a right and not a gift that it is. And if we're not careful, we can become so familiar with the sacred, amen, that we take this Pentecostal experience for granted. Ingratitude can cause us to live our lives feeling like we are owed the blessings of God, feeling like those blessings should just keep on rolling and I should be able to keep just feeling that because I'm, I'm going to church. I'm, Lord, I'm paying my tithes. Those things should just keep coming. But the more familiar you are with God's blessings, the more you can take them for granted if you don't make gratitude a daily practice in your walk with God. Entitlement is ruining lives in the societies the world over. Many people have been duped into thinking Amen, that they can receive and consume and not contribute, and that that can be perpetuated endlessly without consequence. And this mindset can also become a default to someone who approaches life and God's blessings with ungratefulness. It's poison. Psalm 107, 8 and 9 declares this, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Amen, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. See, he didn't have to satisfy my longing soul. Amen. He did not have to fill my hungry soul. Amen. Anything good in my life is not because I deserve it. Amen. But it's not because someone owed me something. Amen. But anything good in my life is because of his goodness. Amen. His mercy, his provision, his works. Amen. if we'll adopt this thinking, hallelujah, give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if we'll adopt this thinking, we will praise the Lord every chance we get. Amen, because we know that were it not for his grace, were it not for his mercy, we'd be lost, we'd be undone. Truly, we can sit here tonight and stand here and sing with the hymnist, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch. See, I'm just a wretch. I'm just standing here by the mercy and the grace of God because he loved me, amen, that saved the wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Can you look back on moments of grace in your life? Can you look back at a time when you just really needed God to reach down, amen, and pick you up out of the miry clay? Amen. We don't deserve his mercy. We were born in sin, the Bible says, shaping in iniquity, amen. But Romans 6 and 23 reminds us that while the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So no, we didn't deserve the gift of God. No, we cannot merit salvation. No, we are not owed anything, but thanks be to God, amen, who always is with us and is for us. Amen, and has made Himself available to be in us. Hallelujah. The third thing that ungratefulness can bring about in your life and manifest is pessimism and worry. and This is a big one. Amen. Now, there's nothing saying that we can't be concerned about a situation and take thoughtful action to, to address that situation and, uh, and, and, and be concerned about it, but an ungrateful heart can produce the kind of worry that feeds fear because worry focuses on what you hope doesn't happen, What you fear probably will happen. Author Tommy Newberry said this, that it kind of slugged me when I read it. It said, worry is when you trust your fears more than you trust God. Worry is when you trust your fears more than you trust God. Amen, we need to recall that next time we begin to worry about something. Do I trust my fears more than I trust my God? Amen, Philippians 4 and 6 instructs us to be careful for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Amen. This is a powerful truth that can transform your life if you can get a hold of it. For the next verse says this, and the peace of God. How many are thankful for the peace of God tonight? The peace of God which passeth all understanding, it goes beyond what I can comprehend, it shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So yes, you can go through all manners of situation and still have the peace of God. Amen. When you turn to him with a thankful heart, you pray about those needs and you cast your cares upon him and you move forward. So the promises of his word are true. If he says that, the peace of God shall, amen, his word's not going to return void, amen. It's going to accomplish what it set out to accomplish. And so some of these things are from without, amen. We, we let these concerns simmer, and, and, and some of these things are from without, situations that affect us from without. Some of them are with, from within ourselves. But instead of taking these things to the Lord, the first time they make themselves known and our stream of consciousness, amen, we can tend to gloss over them and push them aside or, you know, I'll deal with it later. Instead of dealing with them in that moment of prayer, amen, and before long, because we've not carried it to the Lord in prayer, it begins to boil over and worry leads to fear and fear leads to doubt and doubt to worry again in this vicious cycle that the devil will play through in your lives. Mark Twain once said this. He said, I've been through some terrible things in my life, some of which actually happened. <laughs> Amen. How many terrible things do we put ourselves through sometimes because we worry and then it never actually comes to pass? Scripture tells us to bring our prayers and supplications to him. Be thankful and given to gratitude and the peace of God will do the work in our lives. Amen. So go to him immediately. Amen. With a thankful heart and give him your petitions. There's not a probability, amen, that's going to happen, that the peace of God's going to come, but it's the word stands sure tonight. Amen. So we can live above worry. We can live above fear and doubt. We can live in the assurances of Christ, and we can live in gratitude tonight. And the fourth and, and final thing, uh, as they make way to come to the music tonight, the fourth and, and final thing, result of ungratefulness in our lives, is incompleteness. Everyone say incompleteness. Amen. There's an epidemic. I know that I'm not the only one that, that sees this. I know that you see this on a daily basis, but there's an epidemic in our media-driven materialistic world today that is destroying homes and it's destroying lives by the multitudes. And it is the thinking that no matter how much money is in my bank account, I could always be richer. No matter how big my house is, I could always have a bigger house. No matter how nice my car is, I could have a nicer one. Amen. No matter how much I've saved for retirement, I could have more money. And by all means, I'm not saying that we shouldn't strive for nice homes and cars and those things. And I'm certainly happy to see the blessings of the Lord in the lives of others but I believe that this feeling of incompleteness can be you know, perpetuated by social media. Wow, I wish I could go to Europe like they did. I wish I could make an apple pie like she can. I wish I could decorate my home like they do. Wow, if I had the budget like they have, my house would look like that too. But it can be a constant reminder at the same time that someone else has something that you don't have. And the lie that many people have bought into is this. If I can just have a little bit more, then everything will be fine and I will be happy. And this line of thinking, though, it does away with any sort of gratitude that we should have in our life. Ungratefulness manifests itself as poison, because rather than being grateful for what you have, you're always searching for something else, and there's a sense of incompleteness. Amen. It's like that elusive butterfly that you can never catch. It's always out of reach. And when you finally get the thing that you were striving for, there's always going to be something else that's out of reach. Amen. By design, marketing is intended to and grab our attention and make us want what we don't have. And with this thinking, we're constantly aware we could have something more and lose sight of what we have. And truly, the more we seek after things in this life, the emptier I know that we're going to feel. Beware of this poison of ungratefulness that also leads to the sense of incompleteness. Amen. But the grateful Pentecostal believer, as you stand together with me tonight, the grateful Pentecostal believer knows a deeper truth. You see, for the Pentecostal, they know colossians 2 9 and 10 that says for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the godhead bodily and you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power so as grateful believers tonight we know that we're complete in him we are complete in nothing else and no one else and it's a trick of the devil to get us to think that we're not complete in christ and cause us to go looking in the world for things that will bring us wholeness but i don't want to gain this whole world and lose my soul I don't want to gain the whole world and lose my soul. It's not worth it. It's Christ that makes us complete. And it's when we're grateful to God that we realize we have more than enough in every aspect of our lives through Jesus Christ. Is He your everything tonight? Is He your all? Amen. (laughs) He's all I need. He's everything that I need. Everything that I could ever want in life, I can find it in Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't let this poison destroy your life, this poison of ungratefulness. Don't let it destroy your life. And never forget that gratitude is a choice. The lepers had a choice that day. One of them made, I believe, the right decision. Amen. We have a choice tonight as well. You see, everyone has the capacity to be grateful. But gratitude has to be more than a passing thought or intent of the heart. It has to be a conviction. It has to be something you believe in. Amen. A way of life and even a discipline, if you will. Jesus in Luke 17, 18, as we read, there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And regarding this verse, Charles Spurgeon remarked, and he said, one would have thought that all who prayed would praise, but it is not so. Cases have been where a whole ship's crew in time of storm prayed, and yet none of the crew have sung the praise of God when the storm has become a calm. Multitudes of our fellow citizens pray when they are sick and near dying. But when they grow better, their praises grow sick unto death. Lord, I don't want that to be my story. Amen. But I want my desire to be in everything. Give thanks. Hallelujah. Let my desire to be to sing your praises, whether things are well or not. Hallelujah. Amen. I think it would be fitting as we close this service, on this first day of the week, on this Lord's Day, Amen. That we're, we're gathered here together. We've got Thanksgiving. I second Brother Kendall. Amen. I'm thankful it's Thanksgiving this week too, brother. Amen. But I think it'd be fitting in this house as we close this service to just take a few moments in this altar and have a season of Thanksgiving before the Lord. Amen. It could be a brand new start. for.